Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Here We Are. I'm your host, Lucy Weston, and thank you for joining us for our first Blog Talk Radio show. The topic for today, March 30th, 2009, is social networking, how the net tangles up the workplace. If you are an employer or thinking about hiring employees, stick around as we discuss how social networking sites like Twitter and Facebook can impact your business. I'm pleased to have a guest, Christopher Farella, attorney at law, to help us navigate this exploding area of the law. Christopher is a partner at Stahl Farella, and you can read more about his practice as an employment defense attorney at stallesq.com. That's Stahl. S-T as in Thomas, A-H as in Harry, L-E-S-Q dot com. Now, a quick disclaimer, and then we'll be on our way. This legal information is being presented by Here We Are as a service to its readers and is for educational purposes only. It's not intended to constitute legal advice. It is not meant to substitute for competent legal counsel from a licensed attorney in your state. You should neither act nor rely on any of the information without first consulting a lawyer who will apply the current laws to your specific circumstance or situation. That being said, welcome, Christopher. Tell us more about your practice. Uh, Thank you, Lucy. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. A large part of my practice includes counseling companies, both large and small, uh, on employment and business matters. Uh, Some of the topics that I'm frequently called about um, are creating up or updating employee handbooks, the proper ways to hire and sometimes unfortunately fire employees, as well as handling various claims of discrimination. Interesting. So uh, we're here to talk about social networking, and, and a lot of what you just said obviously pertains to this. Tell me if I have employees and they're working on Facebook pages or they're tweeting on Twitter or they're answering emails while they're working, why, I realize there's a time problem there, but why is it important to me as an employer? Is there any kind of liability that I should be thinking about? Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different challenges that are facing the employers today, uh, especially with the, with the fact that almost all businesses now rely upon email and Internet access in order to run their business. So the employers are going to have to balance the need for security and protection from liability with employees who are now literally addicted to this uh, the new phenomenon of, of both social media and text messaging and those types of technology. Hmm. All right, so I have an employee, and they're, like you said, they're obsessed. They're, they're always on their email. They're texting from the office. They're tweeting away. How can I get them to stop? Well, the first thing you have to do to get them to stop is you have to have a policy in place. It is no longer you're no longer able to escape liability without a policy which states that you cannot use uh, this type of of social media while you're at work. And there's really three areas that this is a problem for employers. One is productivity, which is something you've been hinting at. It does take time. I know that that tweeting is 145 characters or so. But it, it takes time, and you start answering things, and suddenly five minutes turns into 25 minutes. So employers have to make a business decision versus a legal decision on the issues of productivity. 
The second problem, though, is, is activity. What are those people doing once they're on the Internet? Are they just doing a quick shopping, um, something that they, were, they want to do and are taking maybe a five- or ten-minute break that uh, allows them the time to, to quickly put something in a shopping cart and, and go off and, and buy? Or are they doing something that could be improper? Are they accessing sites that um, will get you in trouble, for example, pornographic websites um, or, or something like that? Or are they doing? Or are they going on blogs and making comments about what about the company and maybe possibly okay. customers? Okay, well, all right, that's a lot. Let's go back and break that down. Uh, let's talk about uh, what you had said. Just to, to let everybody know, pretty much everyone knows that the tweeting it's 140 characters. I know that if someone's on there, they can get on and, and within seconds put up a tweet. So what you're saying is that they could be possibly giving out company information or defamatory comments. But okay, so let's talk about that. They're they're there. They're they're on my clock as the employer, and they're tweeting away, even if it's only once or twice a day. And they're giving out information they shouldn't be. You talked about the handbook or um, is there a possibility of just doing a memo? Do I have to do a whole handbook? I want everybody to stop doing this while they're on the clock. Right. And the first way to handle that is if you don't have an Internet policy in your handbook, you want to do a at least a memo that all of the employees are going to sign off on. And then you take that signed copy and place it in their personnel file so that you have it on record. So how would I get them and when would I get them? If they've already been long-time employees and they've been, you know, proceeding along with this activity, how do I get them to suddenly sign off on not checking their emails, texting, Twittering, Facebook? Well, quite simply, you're the boss, and you set the rules of the company. So if you decide that you don't want this to happen, you can certainly make a, a new policy, just like every, other, every day you make new policies in some respect. This is one of them that is now critical. So when would I get them to sign off on this? Well, you can get them to sign off on it either on a payday. You can place it in their um, in their pay envelopes. You can have it. You can call a special meeting to announce a plan uh, and say that this is this is going to be a new uh, guideline starting on let's say April first. Um, or you can um, you can just distribute it out out at their desks. All right. So we're I think so far the, my assumption has been that they're using the company computers. What if I'm going to give them the memo or present them with the employee handbook with this new segment in it, but they're using their own uh, iPhone or whatever their apparatus is, their own BlackBerry, and and I can't stop somebody from checking their email accounts on their own personal electronic device, can I? Well, you certainly can. You're well within your right to have a no uh, cell phone policy. Again, this is going to become a balance because life has become so um, used to used to using these types of apparatus on a daily basis, whether in your private life or in, or at work. Uh, it is somewhat of a of a delicate situation to try and make people put them away and not get phone calls. Um, however, you do have a right to say that as the employer that you don't want the, these instruments being on while somebody's at work. They can use them on, let's say, lunch breaks or. Um, what used to be smoking breaks, who knows? Maybe in the future there'll be Twitter breaks or something. But you certainly don't want to you, you don't want to let that, the employee run the company. Okay, so that's their personal electronic device. Back to the office computers. They're on the office computer and they're they're doing their work and they're checking their Facebook page and they're updating. 
uh, again, I'm I'm not seeing the real detriment here. If as long as they're getting their work done. Well, that's the first question. Uh, is it productivity? And if you if you believe that their people are getting their work done while still updating on Facebook, that's great. But there are two other challenges. There's activity. What exactly are they doing? Are they just giving the innocuous uh, updates, or are they actually saying things that may be harmful not only to the company itself, but to third parties? For example, if are they defaming someone else um, and using your computer, meaning the company's computer, in doing that? That could bring about liability. Also, um, when you're on one of these sites, and, and I know that uh, you know a couple of them had some issues in the past, you may be having a problem of accessibility, meaning that there are hackers or there are uh, portals being open, so that now your company security is at is at uh, risk. Okay, let me step back for a second. So they're on Facebook and they're writing something nasty about someone else, and they're defaming someone. How am I how am I responsible for that? It's their own Facebook account. They signed into Facebook under their own name and password number, which as the employer I have no knowledge of, and they're going about their business doing this. How as the employer, how am I liable for that? Well, you're providing them the ability to do this. You're you're giving them a computer, you're giving them the internet access and it's it's essentially going over your fiber optics to get to the Internet. So it is becoming an issue, and, and um, harm to third parties, uh, in this case whoever it is that you're defaming, is becoming a growing area where courts are looking toward employers as being responsible for their employees harming third persons. But that seems a very tall order to put upon an employer to know there's no way for an employer to know necessarily what someone's doing when they are whether even if it's during a a, a five minute break or a lunch hour if they're on their facebook page and we're not beating up facebook by the way everybody loves facebook uh but at the same time you're saying that as the employer that 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 company could be on the hook because of something somebody's doing on their own personal account just for the very fact that they're using the company computers that certainly is becoming the case, and and again, the law is usually about seven to ten years behind technology, and uh, certain co- courts, for example, the New Jersey courts, are uh, starting to lean that way because it is becoming uh, more and more um, e- it's becoming more and more accessible and easy for employers to monitor exactly what their employees are doing. The software is no longer that expensive. Um, and you can. There are a number of filters that can be purchased. So employers are now going to be required to be watching their employees while their the employees are are you know on the net or using the internet of some sort. Huh. Well, that really presents uh, quite a challenge, I think, for many employees, employers, especially in this economic time. As you were saying, that you necessarily have to add. Uh, uh, what was it that you called it? Yeah, filters. Filters. Yeah, certainly you can say you know certain websites can be blocked from uh, access, and and you'd have to use either a special passcode or the administrator would have the passcode, and and even even the smallest of companies can get these types of filters. Hmm. All right. So now you had mentioned the shopping, and we all know that everybody once in a while is buying something online, and you're checking your order status or your checking the latest sale or you got a free shipping coupon and you want to go use it before the day is out. So somebody at work on their lunchtime or not orders a pair of shoes. 
again, what's the big deal? Well, again, it's a decision that the employer has to make. Is the employer going to you know, hurt morale by saying you can never go on the Internet to check stocks, buy some shoes, or what have you? Um, or is the employer going to really clamp down and say, I don't want anyone on my dime going out and doing something social on the Internet? I, it, it's, becoming, it's becoming a real uh, issue with employers, but they're going to have to adapt. The problem is, is what happens in those cases where it, some type of advantage is being is being taken you're being taken advantage of by your employee you're on there more often than not and you now have to fire that person or discipline that person and you want to try to establish some boundaries as to what is let's say fair time to be on the internet doing non-essential work and what how much time is is spent doing actual work or restricted access to the internet all right so if I have an employee who's shopping, and they open up the computer to some kind of virus. And I also have customers with customer information in those computers. And the customers find out. I mean, this could happen to anybody. But what again is is it? Be, I, there's I have no recourse against the employee for doing that. No, you don't. But at the same time, if you had a policy in place that you could certainly have recourse in the sense of either terminating or disciplining that employee if they did something that they weren't supposed to do. But it also brings up the issue of the privacy of data. So this is, goes to the point about accessibility. You, If you're out on a site, and let's say the, as the employer you allow a certain amount of time that someone can, can surf the net, uh, and that person goes to a site that is not necessarily a bad site, but for some reason has been infiltrated and hacked. Um, and now, some now this hacker has access to your company's customer lists or and customer data. Presents two problems. One problem is the actual data itself is private to those customers. And two, now if this person, if this hacker is, let's say, a competitor, they now have your customer list. They could get to your, um, they could get to your pricing lists. They could get to other internal memos. I mean, this, these are things that are starting to happen on a daily basis, and you want to protect, protect your company and not unwittingly expose your company to both you know, competition or hacking or the loss of, of very sensitive and important data uh, on behalf of your customers. All right. So now we've gone over the, the defamation issues. We've gone over the opening up you know, with your shopping and you have an infiltration or hacking. What about if someone is actually on one of these social networking sites bashing the company that they're working for? Well, that again, that's another part of the activity. What is someone doing when they're on the site? But doesn't it go to freedom uh, of speech? You know, it's can I fire them for that if I find out that they tweeted something bad about one of the managers? You certainly can. Freedom of speech is the only uh, the only person that, that the only entity that can that can't rule against speech is the government. Mm-hmm. So, a private employer can absolutely. Um, regulate speech in the in the workplace. So uh, if you go out and you start bashing the company on the internet, it would be as if you were out in the middle of the square screaming about the company as well. And and if the company doesn't want to keep you on as an employee, they can certainly fire you. So you definitely are well within your rights to fire someone who has gone on to a blog or gone onto the internet or gone to, you know onto Twitter and is and is 
certainly taking a position that's inconsistent with what the business is 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 out there doing. Wow. All right. Now we talked about your productivity. And then you had a second step which was the activity. Activity and then the accessibility. Right. On the flip side of this, if you're an employer and you want to interview people, do you have a right nowadays to ask them, can I see your MySpace page? Or can I visit your can I friend you so I can see your Facebook page? Now, Twitter we know is open to the public, so I could go, if I knew their Twitter name, I could search them and find them and see all of their tweets. Right. But with the other two, I might need access to a password. Right, or you can, yeah, you can ask to be friended. And, and that, that presents, it's sort of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, the employer can look at it as, as a treasure trove of information about that employee. and You can see, um, you know, who that employee associates with. Uh, but at the same time, it presents the the problem of what if you go on that site and you see something, for example, you 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 have a a person in front of you who is a male, you interview the person, you ask, can I see your Facebook site or your MySpace site, and you see then pictures of that person with uh, his domestic partner, um, and now you know that the person is gay. If you do not uh, hire that person for whatever reason other than him being gay. Um, there is at least the suspicion that they, that may have been a cause of you not hiring them, and you can expose the company to a, a potential lawsuit or at least a complaint to the uh, local uh, EEOC or Human Rights Commission. Even if there was another candidate of, of equal or, or better qualifications? Well, that's always, that's always the defense, but it doesn't preclude someone from complaining or at least believing that they're – their protected class, in this case, would be their their uh, gender uh, and their sexual orientation. That their protected class was the actual reason, and that the their, the other person was not a uh, was not a better candidate. All right. So let's say you hire somebody, and through the, the the channels, one of the sites, you stumble upon some information about one of your employees, and. For all intents and purposes, they're a good employee. They show up on time. You have no reason to suspect them of anything in wrongdoing. And, and we'll step away from them using the computers for their own uh, social networking at this point. But let's say they're doing whatever they're doing at home. You find out they're doing something through one of the social networking sites that is either questionable, obviously if it's illegal, that's a whole other matter, something in, in along that vein. What happens with that information? Can you use that information? Is it something that because you do, you open yourself up to some potential harm here? Well, you do, and and but the problem there's a, there's a case that's actually around now that a uh, an airline uh, fired one of its uh, uh, one of its flight attendants for wearing the flight attendant suit in a very provocative manner and placing it up on the on the social networking site, and again. That's an issue of they weren't on the clock, they weren't working at the time, but they're at least showing that the employer is somewhat involved in whatever they're doing by wearing the the uniform of that airline. So that presents a problem. Another issue might be that if someone takes a picture uh, in front of the company logo and they're doing something that's either inappropriate or or something that the company doesn't want to present, uh, that also could be a problem, and the employers gotta—they have to look very hard at that, and and you know contact their their attorney and, and go over whether this is something that's worth taking a risk that uh, you're going to invite a lawsuit coming back at you for 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 
dismissal. Yes, if right. you were going to, or even any discipline action. I mean, if if you take disciplinary action, they challenge that disciplinary action. Hmm. All right. So if someone's shopping and they have a BlackBerry, let's say it's a, a a company BlackBerry, and they're not on the company premises, and they're out and they they get an email or they're using it to check other emails, not necessarily company emails, and something happens while they're out, not on the not on the employment employment premises what happens then is there any ramification then i should be worried about as the employer well if you if that person is still technically on the clock and and working um yeah you should be it's it's the same as as if somebody's on the cell phone and they're talking on the cell phone maybe they're not talking business on the cell phone but they're traveling to a location um that, that you as the employer sent them to and they get into a car accident um the employer might be liable and in this case if somebody is Look, checking their BlackBerry, let's say, and, and, and injures themselves, they may possibly have a workers' compensation claim against the company because they could say, I was working, I was answering an email uh, from work, um, but I, I, I tripped and I fell, and uh, I should be paid workers' compensation for, for my injury. Well, let's take that a little bit uh, further down the road. What if they were on a company commission BlackBerry? And they're shopping around, and they trip and they fall, but they're not at that moment checking company emails. They're checking their personal AOL account. What happens then? Am I still on the hook because it's a company BlackBerry? I, I think it's starting to get that's starting to get further down the road, and may, hmm. maybe maybe not. I think it's a little bit uh, less clear in some, such a situation like that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past a very creative attorney to try and come up with a way to hook the employer, since the employer is the it, you know, n- normally has the uh, greater uh, greater purse strings, um, but but I think that it's going to be a real challenge out there. And 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 just to get on the subject of of cell phones, I think that you know employers have to be very careful since cell phones now all have cameras in them. Um, employers have to be doubly careful about what they what people are taking pictures of in the in the uh, in the workplace. Are they taking pictures of? You know, female employees, uh, you know, bending over at a filing cabinet and and then posting it somewhere else. Are they uh, taking pictures of um, the trade secrets? You know, maybe a a picture of the secret formula for Coca-Cola or something of that nature and posting that. So there's a whole host of of challenges that face the employer nowadays uh, with the uh, as in technology increases. Well, certainly uh, the, the camera, the you know, the camera phones and all the technology is an easy conduit to get information out of a company. If you uploaded information to your to your uh, your you know your handheld, or that certainly opens up a lot of problems. Is there something in in that vein? Is there some kind of insurance as an employer I could buy to protect against this electronic theft or or you know third party issues? Well, there's certainly, uh, certainly, you as an employer, you always want to have employment uh, liability insurance, so that in the event that your employees are out uh, and and they use the technology to harass people or in a way, because you know a lot of times now, um, you know, if if there is an employer, who, uh, an employee who wants to um, or is making unwanted advances, at someone probably going to be done through an email at some point in time. Uh, so you know, you want to have uh, employment insurance in place. You obviously always want to have um, insurance in place for any kind of third-party injuries, uh, for, you know, commercial general liability insurance. Could I just go back to if you were interviewing a slew of candidates 
and you ask them all for uh, access to, to their social networking accounts. If someone, obviously someone has the right to refuse, and you don't hire that person, could they also sue you be, for suspicion that you didn't hire them because they, you, they didn't allow you access to their accounts? Well, so far, uh, having a Facebook account is not creating a protected class, so we should be happy about that in this okay. thing. But uh, they certainly can cr- come up with some argument that, that in some way you treated them differently. Um, and maybe they might say something to the effect that uh, that because I was a certain way, you might assume that I've got certain types of friends and you're just looking for a way not to hire me. I, I do think, though, that um, people should just understand that if they're going to put themselves out there on these websites, um, that an employer is going to, che- going to check them. I mean, we, we were always as kids afraid of the permanent record, mm-hmm. uh, and when we learned about it, it was really just a folder with the paper. permanent record. I'm still wondering where it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, if it ever existed, but now we know we have. Now proof. it does exist. You're absolutely right. It exists in the form of Twitter and Facebook and and uh, all the other social networking sites out there. Now, we have five minutes left. Is there anything, uh, any other area that you'd like to touch upon? I realize there's so much to this, and this is a tangled web, like we started out saying. So is there something else you'd like to add to this? Well, I think the, 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 biggest, uh, the biggest concern for an employer right now is to have an effective policy in place. And, and, and then the policy should, at a minimum, include you know, a number of things. One is, is whether and to what extent the email can be used for personal correspondence. As, as we've been talking here today, um, you know, th- there's the the understanding that there's going to be some level of personal correspondence uh, through the email, so you you want to be able to to control it in some respect. Also, put down the firm's official email retention policy. Again, um, a lot of litigation these days is is looking to do inter- you know to do email polls or server. They go into your server to find out what emails went back and forth. So you're going to have to start retaining these uh, these emails. Now, are you specifically talking about the employer emails regarding the business, or are you talking about your employees' personal emails? Actually, both. Because if you're using the, um, even if you're accessing your own AOL account um, through through the internet that your employer is providing you, there is a good chance that an image of whatever it is that you're sending out is going to be left in somewhere on the server for, from your employer. So, you know, employers have to have a retention policy that they follow. Uh, and in the event that there's any kind of uh, potential litigation with some employee, you want to be able to be able to show in the court that you've retained these emails and these are and these emails have been preserved. Um, also, you want to make sure that the policy. Um, explains the degree of privacy an employee can expect. And if I'm writing that policy, I'm going to tell the employee they have no degree of privacy whatsoever, that the employer can and will look at every email or, and all websites that you um, may have gone to. Um, also, how the policy is going to be enforced and what's the consequence of violating the policy. As long as you put the employee on notice of these factors and have a clear and concise employee uh, Policy in place, uh, you're doing you're you're one step closer to really protecting your company from any of the uh, the issues that we talked about today. Wow, there's a lot to do. There is, and and the more technology uh, improves, the more work there seems to be. Well, Christopher, I have to thank you. Uh, this is certainly eye-opening, and it, it is quite a quagmire. So I'd like to invite you back, uh, if you would, in a few months, and we'll see what new cases pop up. Maybe we could discuss that and see how things are shaping up and 
our readers can learn a little bit more about this because I think this is a certainly an evolving area of the law. I, I appreciate that offer, and we'll take you up on well, it. It's terrific. been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Christopher, for helping us untangle this sticky social networking web. It certainly is uh, – quite a new thing. Uh, I'd like to also thank our listeners for joining us, and you can find more information on Christopher Ferella and his practice at stallesq.com. Please be sure to tune in for our next show uh, in April. The topic is Much to Do About Divorce, Positioning Yourself Before You Ask or Are Asked. Our guest will be matrimonial attorney Judith Hartz, and she will fill us in on what to do and what not to do when the difficult decision for divorce is made. Also, come by www.herewearewithlucy.com for lots of great info on making your busy life better, brighter, and easier. Remember to subscribe for free email updates. It is free to subscribe, so there's no charge, and we only send out updates several times a week at best. Um, We won't pester you, and we never sell or share your email. And we also want you to be included in our promotional giveaway. So be sure to put your email in the subscription box. This is your host at Here We Are, Lucy Weston. I thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to talking with you next time on Here We Are at Blog Talk Radio. Thanks you all for, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.